the title of my message this morning is unoffendable. Unoffendable. Have you ever thought about living a life of unoffense? Of never, ever being offended about anything ever again? Wouldn't that be a great thing for us to experience? Because I want to submit to you today that being offended hurts you more than it hurts the person you're offended at. So it would really be a gift that we could give to ourselves not to ever be offended again. So uh, a little bit of disclosure. You probably already know this, but when I preach to you, I'm preaching to me. When I point one finger at you, I'm pointing three, whatever I got left back at me. (laughs) So this isn't just a message for you. I think it's for everybody because I find myself sometimes being offended. And now after studying for this sermon, it offends me that I get offended. (laughs) So I need to stop it. Everybody say, stop it. Luke, Luke chapter 7, verse 23, it says, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Jesus said this. Did you know that merely following Christ and following the truth of the word of God sometimes is offensive to those who don't want to follow Jesus? to those who don't want the truth of God's word, for those who try to reinterpret the truth or to redefine the truth. I would just submit to you that it's not up to man to redefine what God says is true. And if we are, are completely honest, the presence of God in God's people will automatically convict those who don't know Christ and by merely living a living out our experience with Christ, there will be times that it will be offensive to other people. So our challenge is, is to love people with the truth of God and not be offended as the church family, not be offended by their Offense, if that makes sense. So let me read to you. John 16, 1, it says, These things have I spoken to you that you should not be offended. The Bible talks a lot about offense, and this is, I believe, maybe one of the, no, I think not maybe, this is the most important message that we could preach today on June the, whatever it is, 2022. This is, this is a message for today. Our culture, our America is divided. And if we're not careful, we can jump in and be offended at the Democrats. Or if we're Democrats, we can be offended at the Republicans. If we're 
if we're males, we can be offended at females, or females are, are, are offended at the other 27 genders that there are. <laughs> and then we can be offended because God said, let us create male and female, and those who believe that there's a lot of other genders, they get offended because there's, we say there's just two. So there's a lot of, I mean, it's like, I don't think since the Civil War, there's been such a division in America. By the way, I think it's ironic that they called it the Civil War because it wasn't civil at all. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus has a lot to say about the signs of the last days and the fact, honestly, that many would be offended. In Matthew 24, verse 3, it says, Now he sat, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, talking about Jesus, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be, what will be the sign of your coming? <clears throat> In the end of the age. In other words, Reveal to us the dispensation of time when you're going to come back and you're going to right every wrong in the world and there will be a new heaven and a new earth, the sign of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, he said. If we're not careful, we can overlook some of the most powerful words. Jesus said to them, he spoke. And whenever God speaks, it's not like E.F. Hutton, but when God speaks, everyone should listen because he has taken time out to say something that's so important to us. He said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Now, we all understand that deception is deception, and, and really, we don't ever know Completely, whether we're being deceived because uh, we're deceived. Deception is something that we have to always bounce off of the word of God. So if somebody comes to us and they say something that sounds good, we have to understand that the truth of the written word of God will always override what somebody says. And if it doesn't, then we are Deceived. He says, be careful. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. There is a plethora of deception in our world today. Deception seems to be the code of the world today. And there are so many different ideas out there about what the truth is. And, and, and it's just like, let me just give you a little bit of peace here. God is not confused. He's not up there going, hmm, never thought of that. <laughs> He's not up there going, huh, I just don't know what to do. Or, huh, I just don't know what to believe. I just don't know. I don't understand. Thank God he knows the truth because he is the truth and he speaks and when he speaks, he always 
speaks the truth, and we don't ever have to wander around behind the little animals wondering what is the truth, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> no man comes to the Father except by him. He is the way. It says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Oh, come on. There's a sermon right there. See that you are not troubled. With all the fear, with all the anxiety, with all the unstableness. Is that a word, unstableness? It is now. <laughs> Instability. Let's do that one, shall we? With all the instability in our world today, we have a stable God, a God with, that has a firm foundation, that he doesn't shake and he doesn't move, even though the heavens and the earth shake, even though our legislators shake, even though churches shake, God never shakes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We should find comfort in that. It says, see that you're not troubled. Don't, don't let this, don't let these days get you down. Don't be offended by what's going on because it's happening, but there's no point in you getting sucked up in it. Sees that you're not troubled, and all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. It's just a precursor. It's just things that coming up, all these things that we see, all of these things, the wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, different things that are happening are culminating, and they're getting more and more and more. It says, it's just the beginning. For nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, Earthquakes in various places, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. <laughs> Passing your seatbelt. Verse 9. Then, everybody say then. <laughs> then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Oh, <laughs> And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Because you have chosen to follow me, people are going to hate you, and some of them are going to kill you. <laughs> now, the reason I said earlier that we as Christians in America are pretty spoiled is because this nation was founded upon godly principles, ungodly laws, and because God has blessed this place, we have risen up and we have been the world leaders in, in economic, social, social, so many things. God has blessed America. And because we say, in God we and so we put all of this, and, and our forefathers knew this, and they prayed before they wrote down the Constitution of the United States of America. So God has blessed this, but it also says that the nation that forgets God will surely die. And just because we live for God, there will be an offense that happens because we love 
Jesus. And by your mere presence as a follower of Jesus, that's going to offend other people because they uh, want you to participate in their sin and they're offended if you're not going to jump in there with them. Then they'll call it a hate crime. Verse 10, and then, there we go again, then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Many will be offended. I don't think I've ever seen in my lifetime so many people being offended at so many things everybody's offended over something. Let me tell you something. If you're looking for an offense, I would say this, 100% of the time, you will find it. And a lot of people, and it's not just out in the world. It's not like, man, I wish all them other people was here today. We all have to be careful that we don't pick up an offense and get offended like everybody else. It happens in the church. It happens outside of the church. In fact, I'll say this. Whenever I preach, <clears throat> I always try to get illustrations and personal illustrations because I, I believe that, that if, if, if I can't relate to it, if I can't own it, I probably shouldn't be preaching it. So I thought of an illustration, and I was like, oh, that... That, that involved you know, church people. Then I thought of another illustration about being offended and how I offended somebody. And I was like, oh, they might be listening. <laughs> and, and then I was like, and I thought about it. And everything I came up with, it was like, <clears throat> it was like church people. So I, I, I'm, I'm just going to confess to you I don't have any illustrations because I, I'll probably get back to the person that got offended at me and I'll probably offend them again, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> but you're, you, you know where I'm going. I mean, you, we have to be careful. There's so many people, that's like, they look for offenses. And if we're not careful in our marriages, in our marriage, because we become so familiar with our spouse, uh, we can just pick up a, a, on a small conversation that we don't, that our spouse never intended to be offensive, we'll pick up an offense. And, and I'll, just, I'll just be transparent with you. I have to be careful, more careful with Darla about picking up offenses than I do with anybody else. Because we're married and we live together. Y'all look awful holy on me out there like, yeah, well, I, I never, I've never had that problem. I mean, we have altars up here for you. So because I couldn't find, so because I couldn't find any illustrations, you all know where I'm going probably, I, I decided I'd use my horse. Because he has no feelings. <laughs> so I got this horse at the house. And I've had him for 
two and a half, three years now, three years. And uh, when I first bought him, I always ride spurs on my horses. And the reason I ride spurs is because when I need, when I, when I need that horse to do something, I need him to do it right now. Not, I, don't, I don't need for him to go, well, let me think about it. No, I need it now. And so I put my spurs on him, and I want a, a quick reaction to anything that I ask that horse to do. So I put, I, and so I started, I got on this horse when I first bought him. I mean, it was just like, he was so, uh, uh, sensitive. That's the word. <laughs> he was so sensitive that I could just touch him and go, oh, 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 oh. You know, it's like, and it, and it was really offensive to that horse that I was wearing spurs. So because he didn't really like the spurs, do you think that I took them off? You all know me pretty good, don't you? <laughs> it wasn't my job to make sure that he was okay with them spurs. He had to figure that out. And in order for that to happen, he had to not be quite so sensitive about everything. So I left them spurs on him, and uh, he, 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 it's been about three and a half years, and, he, and he's, he, he's kind of getting to the place right now like, okay, I guess, we gotta, I guess it ain't going to change. It's just the way it is. And he's right. It is the way it is. But you see, he doesn't, he's not offended anymore when I get after him a little bit because I need a, a quick reaction. I don't ever abuse my horses, ever. I love them horses. I take good care of them. But I do need them to do what I ask them to do when I ask them to do it. And they can't, they can't be just so... Uh, sensitive that they rear up or buck or throw a fit because they know that won't work either. <laughs> now the problem with our schools and some families is that our kids don't know better because we took the spurs off, so to speak. There always has to be consequences to bad behavior. Jesus wanted his disciples to understand that it's not going to be easy, but it's always going to be worth it. And I would be amiss here today, and I, I know a lot of churches don't, they don't go where we go. But I'm going to tell you, this is, this is where Jesus went. And, and if, this, if this doesn't work, I mean, if this is, if this is, if this is, if we're just going to go through the motions around here, I got better things to do. We're not going to just go through the motions around. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to get hard and it's going to get tough, but we have to persevere. Other people are going to be offended, but we cannot, we will not 
participate in that offense because we as a church must rise up and be unoffendable. Too many people in the body of Christ are standing paralyzed on the outskirts of the valley of victory because the enemy is shouting out offenses from the other side. And they live, people live in a state of offense. I want to help us this morning. If you are easily offended, ah, there's a place of peace for you. And you don't have to be offended anymore. You don't have to be offended. Don't have to live in offenses. I I know people that they look for ways to be offended. And they're, they're just miserable people. We don't have to participate in that. Can you say amen? There's a lot of preachers. I mean, this is good for the preachers, too. They're putting their Bibles away, walking away from ministry, never to fill another pulpit again, all because somehow, somewhere, they were offended and wounded in their souls. Nothing in life starts big. It's the same with offenses. We start out with the little things. And then the little things grow and the little things get bigger. There's a scripture that says, little foxes spoil the vine. It's the little bitty foxes that they would go in and they'd chew the bottom of a grapevine. And they, it would just be a small spot on that grapevine. But they would chew it just enough to where the whole grapevine would die. It's the little things in our lives that spoil the vine. It's the little things that we let into our heart and into our spirit. And whenever we're offended, that spirit of bitterness, the spirit of dissension, the spirit of division comes in. And it comes in a little bit at a time. And we think we're okay because we feel justified in in our offense. Everybody does. Everybody feels justified in their offense. Well, I'm right. I would honestly rather be wrong with a right attitude than right with a wrong attitude. Because it's all about our hearts. It's about what's going on on the inside. And we cannot allow this bitter, impure thought life to take a hold of us any longer. And if we are going to rise up as a church and be healthy as members of the body of Christ, we have got to come to the point where we in our hearts are going to strive to the best of our abilities to be unoffendable. That's good preaching. Good preaching. Seeds of offense. An offense always starts as a thought, and thoughts are seeds that enter your mind. Offense always starts, it always starts right here. Every time there's an offense, it always starts right here. And then it's a seed that comes in when that seed comes, we have to make up our mind whether we're going to allow that seed to take root in our lives or are we going to kill it? Dandelions, anybody, you, you know dandelions, right? 
those little bitty flowers that just, we don't have so many of them down here, but when dandelions take off, they're going. And they're hard to kill. Do you know why? Because a dandelion has this much up above ground, but it can have up to eight to 10 inches of root. And you can snap it off at the top, but it's coming right back out because it's got a root in it that never gets touched. And I want to, this morning, my goal in life is to touch that root of bitterness inside of everybody here in this church, including myself, to the point where I am not willing to be offended anymore. It's a spiritual seed. There's four ways those seeds get sown into us. First of all, what others said to us. Did you know that your words are so, uh, it's so important to weigh your words and let your words that come out of your mouth. For, for me to say words that edify and build up, not words that tear down, but Offenses come by what others said to us. Sometimes it's sarcasm that comes. Speeches that pierce us like words, sarcastic people can cut you to pieces, but we don't have to let that happen. So it's what, uh, what others said to us. It's what others did not say to us. It's, so, it's like you can get offended pretty easy. You could be offended because you don't feel appreciated. No one ever says thank you to you or compliments your effort. I'm just, I'm just, nobody appreciates what I'm doing. Nobody cares. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. <laughs> what they did not say. What they said to us, what they didn't say to us, what others did to us. Selfish, selfish actions or humiliating experiences that can cause the seed of offense to germinate in your heart, what they did to us. And lastly, what others didn't do for us. Uh, just a favor or assistant, we didn't get a thank you card. Or it, uh, but it always involves how others are treating us. I had a gentleman in, in the first service, he told me that that in uh, Wisconsin, that a principal, there was a boy that got, got uh, uh, put in detention uh, because he wouldn't acknowledge this one boy didn't want to have, and it, uh, he, he was, didn't want to be identified as a male or a female, but he wanted to be identified as they. And this kid wouldn't, I mean, it's, it's little kids. And he, and he wouldn't do it. And so the principal calls the mom and says that, that he's a, a sexual abuse. And it's like, I mean, we can find all kinds of ways to be offended in our worlds today. But we've got to rise up above all of these offenses. And let me just say this. This is important. Because uh, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican, whatever you are, if you're wealthy, if you're not wealthy, uh, we have to understand that it's the sin in a person that makes them hard to get along with. It's the sin in a person that makes, I'm just going to personalize this if you don't mind. 
It's the sin in me that makes me stupid. It's the sin in me that makes me not want to get along with anybody else. But just because I have sin in me. Now, everybody gets offended on Facebook. They get offended on social media. They get offended over this. And, and by the way, talk radio, they live off of your offenses. They, they, they plan ways to make you mad. And that's how they stay alive. I'm just saying that we as born-again believers, as children of the most high God, when we see other people and we see where they are acting completely contrary to the word of God, just remember that God loves that person. He still hates the sin, but he loves that person. And we cannot dilute our response to that person by diluting the sin and the person with the person. Does that make sense? Because you can, we got to love these people. No matter how stupid, I want to be loved when I'm stupid. Y'all with me? I want to be forgiven. I want grace. I want mercy when I'm stupid. So if I want that, shouldn't I be willing to give that away? Now, I know that's offensive to somebody. But that's why I'm preaching the sermon. I had a guy come up to me yesterday at the roping. And he's like, you're talking about this, this evil man that, that killed these beautiful family. But he was angry. And he's like, I hope that guy burns in hell. I know he's going to burn in hell. I'll be, I'm, I'm, I, just, I wish I could just see him hollering and screaming in hell because that's where he deserves to go. And he was just mad, and then he rode off. And somebody was standing there right next to me. Here's, what I, here's my response, right or wrong. My response was that I don't think God's happy because this guy's burning in hell. God loves that man. He hates what that man did. He hates what that man stood for. But that's a soul that's going to burn in hell for eternity because of his stupidity. We got to love people. And they, see, this is hard because, well, I might as well quit. It's almost time. Okay, so uh, let me just tell you, say, the scripture talks about, I was going to read the verse, but I'm just going to tell you what it says. It says, woe, woe unto us for anyone who causes someone else to stumble. So our, our, uh, our offense with somebody and our response with our words with somebody could actually be a detriment to their eternal destination because we are representing Jesus we are representing Jesus and Jesus loved you when you were sinning pretty bad maybe still are but he still loves you just the same 
He said, woe unto those who cause someone else to stumble. But when we respond with a spirit of offense to somebody because we don't agree with them, we have to be careful because my Bible tells me love never fails. Love never fails. And because God loved me, let me tell you something. When, when, the greatest illustration of this that I know of was when Jesus, the last days of his life, the Bible says that he was mocked. They spit on him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They, they uh, uh, whipped him with, with uh, bones and metal and just, he took stripes on his back. And then they pronounced him guilty and laid him down on a cross, drove nails in his hands, nails in his feet. They hung him up on the cross after, after the, listen, stay with me here. Stay with me here. After they did all of that to him, what was Jesus' words while he was hanging on the cross? What, what, what was it? They don't, they don't know what? They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. And if that was Jesus' response, I don't know anybody here that's got hung on a cross lately. I don't know any of y'all. I don't know anybody, y'all got whipped because you was telling the truth because you love people. I don't know anybody here that's been spit on and, and, and uh, made to drink vinegar. I mean, I don't know anybody here that's gone through any of that. Yet we act so arrogant <laughs> Am I right? I mean, I'm preaching to myself too. I've got to stop being offended. It didn't offend Jesus because he loved those people. Now, I'll tell you what it did do to him. He, it hurt his heart to the point where he died for your sins and for my sins. It killed him on the cross, but it was love that killed him, not anger and not offense. So is it okay to be offended? I don't think so. Is it okay to be hurt? Yeah. I think it's okay to be hurt, but don't be sinning in the middle of it. It's tough, isn't it? But if we are going to call ourselves Christians, what that word means is to be Christ-like. And the biggest challenge that I'll have, I, I wish I could stand up here in front of you and, and tell you, I got this, I got it. I got it conquered, I'm good. No, I don't, I don't. But I have a resolve in me after studying this message and I, I, I honestly, I've prayed and prayed and prayed because I think this is one of the greatest messages that the church needs to hear because there's so much division there's so much 
anger. There's, there's so much bitterness. There's so much strife. But we can't participate in that. Can you say amen to that? We just can't participate in all of that. We got to rise up above all of this and take on the character of Christ. And it's going to be one of the hardest things that you ever do because it's going to be tough because people are going to be more and more offended just because you follow Jesus. But let me tell you something. Life is like a vapor. It, we're just here for a very short time. And whatever we have to go through here on this life, it will be worth it because eternity is a long time. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I love those guys that hung me on the cross. I love them. For God so loved the world. <laughs> so it's something to ponder. It's something to marinate inside of us. It's something that's like this. It's worth the wrestling match to get it right. Can you say amen? So Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your love this, this morning. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that <clears throat> these uh, this message, oh God, would, would stir up that good inside of us, that it would stir up you inside of us. We pray, Lord, that this message would spur us on to good works and to, to be the way you've called us to be. Lord, we understand that there's just so many ways in, in our world and in our culture today to be offended. Lord, we just choose today not to participate in the offense. God, help us all, we pray, to rise up above it. And we thank you for the privilege of your presence and the anointing on this Pentecost Sunday where you said you would give us power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. Holy Spirit, please come on us and give us that power to overcome anything in our lives that separates us from you. Lord, help us to love people enough not to be offended at them. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the great message for this day is that God loves us so much. And Jesus said this. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone open, I'll come and be with them. Jesus died that we might have eternal life. And he gave his life so that we could be reconciled to him, so that the payment for our sin would be made. That's how much he loves us. But you have to accept that. You have to make that choice. If you want Christ as your Savior, if you want to make heaven your home, if you want to have eternal life, Jesus said you must be born again and take on this life of following Christ and this change in our lives. It's kind of like a, a, a caterpillar or a, a, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly, the born again, uh, where, where we're not recognized as there's just a new newness in us that comes from uh, a resurrected Jesus. So this, this, this morning, the Bible says we've all sinned and we've all come short of God's glory. I've sinned, everybody's sinned. But the challenge is to know God and to allow him to come into your life and begin to make those changes in your life that will be a complete blessing to you and everybody you live with. So 
this morning, if you've never done that and you, you'd like to ask Jesus to come into your heart, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, that's me. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. Yep, thank you. Leave it up until we get a Bible in it. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Yep, thank you. Right over here. Yep, leave your hand up until we get a Bible in it. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Raise your hand up high. We don't want to miss anybody. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Yep, thank you, baby. Anybody else? Thank you back there. Yep. Slip your hand up high. Anybody else? It's the greatest privilege. It's, it, it's just like, it, the scripture says it's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not something that I can do for you. Only God can. This is between you and God. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Anybody? Anybody? Thank you, Lord. If you raised your hand, would you mind looking up at me? If you raise your hand, back in the back, come on up and let me pray with you. Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Raise your hand. Come on up. Over here. Yeah. Thank you. Come on. Yeah. Thank you. Come on. Back in the back. Would you mind coming up? I'm so proud of you. Tell me your name. Allison. What is it? Allison. Thank you for coming, Allison. All right, well, we're going to pray, Allison, and, and some of them raise their hands out there. We're going to pray with them. If you raise your hand, you didn't come up, please pray this prayer and mean it in your heart. So what I want to do, Allison, I want to help you pray and help you invite Jesus to come into your heart and, and to be in your life. Can we do that? Y'all help us pray. Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me read my Bible to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can I give you a hug? Go visit that lady for a second, please. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Sometimes whenever, like when we're dragging the arena or we're, we're dragging a, a plow or something behind the tractor, it kind of gets bogged down and it, it gets kind of where it, it really weighs that tractor down. I don't know if we got any farmers out there or not, but sometimes if you don't have enough horsepower in that tractor, it can just kind of, it can get luggy. I told Darla this morning before church that... It, it seems to me like everybody here in the building really loves Jesus and really wants to do the right thing. I, I, what I'm saying is, this, it doesn't feel like I'm get, we're getting lugged down with it. It feels like we're going on. 
We're going on. We're going to be okay. We're moving forward. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but what it means is when God says the word, we're like, well, I'm in. And I'm going to move forward with this because I know it's the truth. Whether it's easy or not, that's not the point. We're going with Jesus. And I feel that this morning. I know it's kind of, it's kind of a thought-provoking sermon. I get that. It's been provoking me all week. I've been provoked. So I've had to make the decision before I ever came up here that, that I was going to the best of my ability be unoffendable. Now, does that mean that, I'm, that, it's, that I'll never be offended again? <laughs> Probably not. But when I am, I'm going to remember this week that I've spent studying on being unoffendable, and I'm going to work at not ever being offended again. I'm just going to work at it. I just want to know, is everybody here with me? Raise your hand. You're like, I, I don't need that in my life either. So can I pray with you? If you raise your, let's all raise our hands and surrender to him, and let me just pray for you. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you'd help us not to be offended anymore. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to rise up above the offense and that, that as we go through life that we understand that our marriage will be better, our, 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 our family, our kids, our parents will be better, uh, our businesses will be better, our churches will be better if we will lay down the offenses and never pick them up again. So, Lord, help us, Lord. We, we declare right now we need help from you to do this. And so we thank you, Lord, for it. And we speak victory to everybody. Everybody watching online, I pray that you just bless them and help them not to be offended anymore about anything because there's life there. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. God bless y'all. Got a prayer team's up here if you need special prayer. We'd love to have you.